0: Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30am, 8.45am, 11am, and 5pm with Sunday school for all ages at 10am. I also invite you to connect with the Chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. One of the greatest movies of my adolescence, and this dates me, I know, but stay with me, boomers and millennials. But one of the greatest movies from my genera- Generation X adolescence was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. In the year Ferris Bueller was released, nineteen, 19- <coughs> um, a few other films premiered. You may have heard of them. The Color Purple, Out of Africa, Brazil, Pritzy's Honor, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Witness, A Chorus Line, and Back to the Future, to name a few. Not a shabby year on the silver screen. But I submit that Ferris Bueller was among the best. And the character that fascinates me most from Ferris Bueller's day off is not the titular Ferris, or his girlfriend Sloan, or the bumbling school principal, Mr. Rooney, or even the iconic economics teacher played by an actual economist, Ben Stein. Bueller. Bueller. But being the awkward dork that I am, I identify most with Ferris's best friend, Cameron. The Detroit Red Wings jersey wearing, perpetually anxious, charmingly innocent, and chronically sniffling Cameron. Ferris describes his best friend Cameron like this. His home life is really twisted. That's why he's sick all the time. It really bothers him. The place is like a museum. It's very beautiful and very cold, and you're not allowed to touch anything." No, Cameron did not have the COVID. But if we were to play armchair physician and diagnose dear Cameron, we might determine that he is emotionally stunted. The movie infers that Cameron's parents' uh, parents' affections revolve around material things rather than their son, like his father's cherry red vintage sports car. And thus Cameron is lost, wandering the Chicago suburbs, desperately searching for someone to love him. Because of this psychosocial reality, that poetic line, gains new insight. It's very beautiful and very cold, and you're not allowed to touch anything. Now, you might be wondering, um, Ben, we're already on page three here. When are we going to get to the sermon part of today's sermon? Don't fear. We are getting there. In today's gospel, Jesus himself stood among the disciples and said to them, peace be with you. And they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. And he said to them, why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. Touch me and see. Touch is a powerful thing. Now, before I continue, please know that the crux of my meditations this morning is not a lament about the loss of physical touch during the pandemic, not that that loss hasn't been difficult, it is. We are physical, sacramental beings meant to use our our senses to explore our world and connect with others. And when this horrible chapter is over, I am going to be standing out on 463 with a big sign that reads, Who wants a hug? But rather, I believe our good news this day is God's call, is Jesus' invitation to connection. Connection with God, connection with our sister and brother, and connection with our world. Touch me and see is much more than Jesus offering physical proof to his obtuse disciples that he is truly and bodily resurrected from the dead. But all of us are reminded that we are made for greater and greater connection with God. And parallel with that connection with God, like the two parts of that great commandment we read every Sunday, we are also made to connect with our neighbor. And in this 21st century, we connect in so many ways, old and new. We connect through ministry. We connect through social media. We connect through a shared meal. We connect through technology. We connect through a common struggle. We connect through a common interest. We connect through a handwritten note. We connect by waving at an acquaintance when they're out for a walk in our neighborhood. There are as many ways to connect as there are creatures in the universe. And sometimes the infinite variety of our connections mean that we can miss each other, perhaps even get angry or feel lonely, while at the same time attempting to connect. Yet the invitation to connect continues. However, connection isn't easy. A brother here at the chapel reminded me this week of a great quote from C.S. Lewis's The Four Loves. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers of love is hell. Connection means vulnerability. And vulnerability is terrifying. Real connection means reaching out to the other and saying, Here I am the real me, will you accept me for who I am? And in that precarious and sacred moment, we risk being rejected. We risk being abused or betrayed. We risk being known. But when true connection is made, we hear, of course, you are welcome here for you, like me, are made in the image of God. And when we do connect, our world blossoms exponentially. When we connect with God, with each other, with our world, not only do we realize that we aren't alone, not only do we gain a companion for the journey, but we also realize how much better this life can be. Another English writer, G.K. Chesterton once wrote, It may be conceded to the mathematicians that four is twice two, but two is not twice one. Two is 2,000 times one. We live in an Easter world, and one of the infinite miracles of Easter is that we have a connection. Jesus said to his first disciples in that first chapter of John, come and see. And now at the end of his earthly ministry, he says, touch and see. Jesus' entire ministry is bookended by invitations to connect. I pray that we know connection in this Easter world, for to know connection is to know love. Amen.